Holly G with the Golf Insiders with Bob Herrick from ESPN.com for today's segment of Tour Talk. Bob, he pulled it out on Sunday in Bermuda. Brian Gay, after seven years, 48 years of age, winning the Bermuda Championship in a playoff against Wyndham, I've got the best name in golf, Clark. How about that big win? Crazy the game is. I mean, Brian Gay hadn't hardly done anything in the year since he, I guess he was third at the Bermuda Championship last year and really struggled. I think he'd missed 10 or 15 cuts or something like that and um, and then goes out and wins. And he's, he's, you know, the oldest player since Davis loved to win a tournament five years ago. Davis was 51 at the time. And, uh, you know, uh, he'll beat a guy who um, – who uh, I believe, you know, wasn't even born when, when Brian Gay first turned pro. So, you know, it's crazy. It's a crazy uh, thing. I mean, this is the third time now, just this fall, that we've had a player win who's gone seven years or more without winning. Um, uh, Stuart Sink being being one of them. He obviously had one since 09 and, and uh, Martin Laird, but it's crazy, you know, and it gets it means so much to win, you know. You get the exemption time, the, the all the tournaments that you get in, and the math, next Masters in April. So it's a it's a huge deal for him because of that. That tournament was a standalone event, and it counts for the Masters, and all kinds of good things come with that. Well, Brian lives in Orlando, and um, I've I've worked with him on some projects in the past. Just a great, great guy. So I've been I've been watching you know him trending a bit the last couple of years after coming back it was 2015 he missed that season because of injury then got a medical extension I believe in 2016 didn't play a lot of events made the playoffs in 2017 where I think he had three top tens uh, you know so I, I was starting to see Brian you know pop up on the leaderboard here and there but. You know, you, you really, we, we talk about these stories quite a bit and, and you know, what it takes. Because, again, he's not one of the long hitters on tour. You can only imagine how frustrating it must be when, uh, you're, you know, you're trying to hang in there against these, these young uh, 20-somethings and the likes of Bryson DeChambeau. And, uh, you know, it's remarkable. Uh, he, as he said, it's a crazy game, and you never know what's going to happen. But uh, I just, I'm so happy for him. Huge win. Yeah, you know, he found a golf course that works for him, that suits his game. It's not overly long. You know, um, you know, he's not a long driver by today's standards. Um, you know, still gets it out there pretty good, but but not like these 300 yard plus guys. And, uh, but, you know, it just goes to show sometimes there are golf courses that, um, that just, that where, where, you know, just totally bombing it are not the answer, you know, and that was one of them. And, and as he noted, you know, uh, he grew up on Bermuda greens, uh, you know, lived most of his time in Florida. That's the kind of greens they have in Bermuda and, uh, worked out well for him. It is, it is a great win. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, 
there, you know, there's more failures than there are successes in golf. And there's a lot of lonely, tough times. And, and uh, to break through after all this time is pretty impressive and, uh, and good for him. It's a great story. I think these kind of stories are, are, you know, what make the game unique. You know, it's not just always the stars who prevail. And uh, so it's uh, good for him, and uh, he's gonna, he's going to you know get a lot of you know, great rewards for it in terms of tournament opportunities. And he's got he's a guy that's always been a good putter, and you know if you were watching him on Sunday, um, his his putting was on full display. Also, uh, wow, really you know uh, had some clutch shots there on 18 after bogeying 17, sticks it close, makes the birdie, and then comes back to make the birdie again on 18 in the playoffs. So uh, it, just a great, great win. Um, Wyndham Clark thought he you know was in the driver's seat. Looked like he might have gotten a little nervous, got a little quick on the end at the end there, you know, with his putts. Uh, tempo wise, but I think we're we're gonna see him break through soon, don't you? Yeah, he's a young player. He's had had some uh, you know taste of success. You know, for him, obviously, it does him a lot of good in terms of other things. You know, it gets him a lot of FedEx points, and it and it makes his quest to you know to to make some headway in twenty uh, twenty one that much better. But of course, you know, obviously. The win means so many other things, you know. Uh, it gives you the three-year, you know, the two-year exemption, which is basically, you know, really three because you're you've got all of this season plus the next two, and uh, that's huge for a young guy, you know. And and uh, would have got him in uh, Hawaii, you know, the Tournament of Champions, and uh, you know, puts puts him in good shape for some other events and and, and the Masters if he wasn't in it already. So, um, but you know, lesson learned. You know, I, as you said, he might have he might have speeded up his routine a little bit there towards the end. He did have a makeable birdie putt on 18 that he just didn't get to go in, and uh, you know, so uh, it's not like he he faltered. Uh, but um, uh, it, uh, you know, he had a guy that that uh, that did what he had to do to, to get the job done. Absolutely. So. We uh, turn now to the Houston Open this week and uh, a, new, a new venue, uh, Memorial Park. Public, public golf course, Bob? Is that true? That's correct. Gotta love that it. That's correct. And, and Brooks uh, helped redesign it? What's the story there? Yeah, I don't know exactly what the deal is about, but I believe he had some input. Um, and you know they the Houston Open they almost lost it. Um, you know it had been the week before the Masters for forever. Shell bowed out as a sponsor. They, um, I believe it, I believe 2018 was their last year, and they weren't put on the schedule last year. And then you know the owner of the uh, Houston Astros sort of came to the rescue and. Um, you know, got it so that they had a fall date, and and um, there's a um, there's a, um, uh, a, a a baseball component to it. And now they've brought in another title, Vivint is their title. So 
you know, look, they saved a long time event, one that's been played, um, uh, you know, in, in the area for a long time, and moved it to a new place that I think, you know, is good for the game. You know, it's good to have it at a place like that. It'll 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 be it'll be very interesting to see now how how it how it comes off. Um, obviously, it's a unique year where it's the week before the Masters. Um, in, in subsequent years, it'll just be part of the fall, uh, which is which is a little bit different for them. But um, you know, this is a good showcase for them. They've got a good, pretty good field, and um, it's a chance to you know maybe get the word of mouth going. Like some of these name guys say, "Yeah, it's a good golf course. I like it." You know, maybe some more people will come back next year. Absolutely. Uh, some. Uh... You know some some key names this this week. Uh, DJ is back. Uh, Brooks is playing. Jordan Spieth sort of in his home turf of, of Texas, and uh, you know Sergio who's surging after a recent win. Uh, you know seems to have his game back. Uh, Phil's in the in the uh, field. Who else do you have your eye on? Yeah, you know, it's so hard this week because they don't know the course. You know, we don't really know who it suits. Um, are the guys who are looking ahead to the Masters, you know, really all that invested in this week? You know, um, I tend to look, you know, maybe more at a guy, although I kind of like Sergio, but I, I, I tend to look maybe more like as a guy who's not in the Masters. Um, and obviously there's a lot of them, you know, someone who, who's, you know, this, this tournament means everything to them this week. You know, some of these other guys are, are, you know, their, their mind is going to be on Augusta, like Adam Scott, you know, this is, you know, this is the first event back for Adam and for Dustin Johnson since they had COVID. So, you know, you've got, (laughs) got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on this week and, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we have a, a, a good mixture of name guys and maybe some of these up-and-comers. Any update on uh, DJ in terms of, you know, what, what his symptoms were like? Were they fairly mild? Any report? You know, I've not heard yet. He's supposed to talk to the media on, on, uh, on Wednesday, and um, I, I, I would guess he'll discuss that then. I mean, you know, it's interesting to me that, you know, even though he would have technically been cleared to play at the Zozo, you know, the 10 days from symptoms had passed, he didn't feel good about playing. I, I, whether or not that was because the symptoms lingered or because he just didn't feel he had been able to prepare, uh, you know, I, it's interesting to me that, you know, Tony Finau talked about that at length. It, it, it knocked him back pretty good. He felt pretty bad. Like it, it he had a five-day stretch where he, he said it felt way, way worse than the flu. And, you know, these guys are not old. You know, Fino's 31. Uh, DJ's, what, 36. You know, they're having some symptoms, you know. And so while I'm sure they're going to be fine and everything's good, um, it doesn't sound like it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, as it relates to just the golf, and obviously there's so much more to this than the golf, uh, but, you know, DJ was supposed to play two tournaments. 
he has not played since the U.S. Open. He was planning on playing the CJ Cup and the Zozo, and he missed them both. You know, so I'm sort of curious, like, where is his preparation now for the Masters? You know, is it has it been impacted? Now, he might just say, hey, look, it's okay. You know, the break was all right. I've been able to work on my game the last couple of weeks. I feel fine. But, you know, his plan was to play three of the four weeks leading into the Masters. He's not been able to do that. He's playing this week for the first time in, you know, we're talking, what, six, seven weeks since the U.S. Open. So, um, you know, it's not ideal. And it's just you know, one more thing about the whole COVID mess that, um, that the world's dealing with from a sports standpoint. That it's not been ideal for these guys. Same for Adam Scott. You know, he's, he, he hasn't played since the U.S. Open either. And uh, now, you know, he's going into Augusta maybe a little bit less uh, ready to go. You said the magic word. <laughs> Here it comes. Gotta love this music. Gives me goosebumps, Bob. <laughs> we are Good to hear it. You're right. five days out. Um, you know, gosh, I'm still trying to get this into my head that the Masters begins next Monday. So are you surprised that there aren't some some more guys playing in the Houston Open uh, in terms of, you know, just being ready for Augusta? What, what are your thoughts there? You know, not really. Um, I think a lot of guys saw the Zozo and the CJ Cup and even the Shriners as kind of the core events to use to get ready. Uh, and for the ones not playing this week, um, you know, it was two good weeks, you know, play, play those events and two good weeks of prep at home or even going to Augusta to get ready for the Masters. And that, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, you see that happen, uh, you see that happen when the Masters is in April. You know, the guys, some guys will play the match play two weeks before the Masters. Some some will play now. Now it's the Valero Texas Open is the week before. Some will play that, you know, but they, they kind of use, have their way of, of running up to the Masters. And uh, so I don't see this as much different. It's just that it's a different series of events than they're used to. Um, you know, it's a different run up. Um, you know, you, we're used to seeing them sort of work their way through Florida, a couple of events. You know, now the players is before the Masters. The players is, you know, like basically a month before. And, and there's kind of a nice cadence to it. This year it's been disrupted. Um, and, you know, a couple of events where they don't play. They, you know, uh, Sherwood and Shadow, Shadow Creek are not tournament venues. They're one-off venues this year. So, um uh, that, uh, again, is another added wrinkle in the, whole, in the whole process here of getting ready for, you know, what's the third major of 2020, but the second major of the 20, um, the 2020-21 season, the second of six. Um, you know, so it's um, just, again, we're trying to wrap our, our arms around a, a crazy world right now. We sure are. But... Very cool and innovative news. ESPN's College Game Day going to be coming from Augusta on Saturday next week. 
will come as a shock that they didn't consult me about this or even even um, let me know in advance that that was happening. Um, there had been some rumblings, and you know what? I mean, obviously, I'm speaking, you know, as as someone who's who's uh, whose whose view is tainted by the ESPN colors, but uh, I think it's great. You know, um, uh, it's it's somewhat surprising to me that Augusta is allowing it. This is way outside their comfort zone doing something like that. It sure is. But you know, there's there's no par three contest, which would have been on our air. And I'm wondering if there wasn't some give and take with that. Also, what a great promotional tool for the weekend broadcast on CBS. Because, you know, that college game day show is very, very popular. It's one of ESPN's most popular shows. Um, you know, it's kind of like with SportsCenter right up there in terms of brand awareness. And while the show is mostly going to be about college games that day it's inevitable that they're going to talk about the golf they're doing it from the driving range oh wow so the golf course driving range is going to be in the background and guys will be warming up out there while they're doing the show you know like I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be kind of where the studio is so the guys will be way way back and the balls will be hit towards them and you know for the casual sports fan who's really into college football and doesn't think much about golf, maybe, or might just sort of have a you know fleeting interest. That might say to them, "Hey, yeah, that's right. I need to check out the Masters today. You know, I need to check out the Masters tomorrow. You know, so for for the Masters in Augusta, I think it's a great move, and it's a, obviously it's good for the company because um, it's it's they're able to intertwine two things that they're that they're hugely invested in. Yeah, that's great, and you know we know uh, Georgia is a Big, uh, big state when it comes to football and just college sports in general. We know there are a lot of golfers that have come out of, uh, you know, the Georgia teams, and uh, I right. think it's I think it's really gonna be fun. Uh, and of course, we want to plug the fact that ESPN covers the early rounds, rounds one and two on Thursday and Friday. That's correct, and. Uh... You know, there'll be a good bit of stuff on, on ESPN.com. And I can't tell you exactly right now what's on ESPN+. Plus. I'm thinking maybe some of the um, some of the featured whole stuff, you know, extra stuff um, will be there. And, um, you know, all the entities are trying to make the best of this. You know, we're, we're going to be with less, much less daylight. You know, the, the, the telecasts won't be as long because it's, it's getting dark. Yep. You know, it's, it'll be dark by 5.30. And, uh, uh, you know, there two key starts the first two days, which has never happened. You know, um, not planned anyway. They've had two key starts when weather necessitated it. But um, so that's going to be interesting. I mean, there's going to be a group of guys each day that begins their round. Uh, well, each, each day, every, play, every player is going to start their one of their first two rounds on number 10. The question is, is which ones do it in the morning? Now, the forecast looks decent. doesn't look like it's going to be cold. But, you know, if the temperatures were to be cold, starting at 10 would not be fun. And, uh, you know, you work your way to Amen Corner, and usually it's warmed up by that time of day. So 
all these things make for what I think is going to be a really fascinating Masters. There's a, no fans, you know, the two-two start, the early, the early finish, uh, you know, how will the golf course play? Will it be different? You know, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, glad we have it to talk about. What be your pick for Houston this week? Oh, I had to do that. And so I go with Sergio. Wow. Um, he lives in Texas now. And, um, you know, playing some nice golf at this point. Uh, ball striking never hurts you uh, at a place where maybe not everybody is familiar. You know, the not the, the best putters aren't going to be at a, as much of an advantage because they're not going to know the green. So, hey, you know, let's let's see how invested he is in getting a win before going back to Augusta. It's Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Look forward to speaking to you in a week. Thank you.